0: be saved tonight. I'm glad to be set free. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 6 tonight. Matthew 6. So this is kind of in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. It's the longest sermon we've got recorded of Jesus Christ. Um, and uh, it goes from Matthew chapter 5 all the way to the end of Matthew chapter 7. And uh, you, if you look at that, I, um, the whole sermon, it's filled with instructions and, and really they're commands. They're of how a child of God needs to live their life. And you see uh, pretty quickly when you're looking through it, uh, you see the way Jesus says to do things or or what not to do, and then it always seems to be opposite of the world. you ever notice that, that uh, when Jesus tells us to do something, when the Bible instructs us to do something, it seems to be in opposition of the world, uh, but it covers a whole lot of topics you think about, uh, and just a, uh, even though this is the longest one we have recorded of Jesus Christ, if you read it out loud, it's only about 15 minutes long, you know, so it's not even that long, but he covers... Prayer. He covers relationships, uh, marriage, and different things. He covers earthly treasures. He talks about loving your enemies and all sorts of things uh, in between. But when you get to the end of it, uh, in Matthew 7, at the very end, verses 28 and 29, it says the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority Amen. and not... Uh, of the scribes, so you know. As you read this, and uh, uh, we're not going to look at the whole thing tonight. We're just going to look at a piece of it. But uh, I urge you to read through it, either tonight or tomorrow. Read the whole thing. Like I said, it doesn't take very long. But I, I think it's still shocking today. It would have been shocking for them to hear it. Uh, but you know, you think about how far everything is still is from the world today Uh, and you think about a lot of the things you'll see in here Jesus is straightforward you know he doesn't he's not beating around the bush he's not giving uh you know gray areas and everything else he's saying you do this and don't do that that's what he's saying it's either one way or another it's the uh the the good way uh the the righteous way or the evil way you know that's what it is and you know, our world today doesn't think that way. You know, they don't think it's one or the other. They think it's everywhere in between, right? You, uh, it, it, It's not, uh, the Bible is filled with absolute truth. It is the truth, and if it's not of the truth, it's a lie. And this world is so opposite of that. They're, they say that everyone has their own truth. You know, you can have your truth, I can have my truth, you can have your truth. The problem is you put it all together and it doesn't work. Right. If I say the earth is flat, you say the earth is round. It's got to be one way or another. Right. But this world says you can't tell anybody that they're wrong, no matter how crazy it is. And that's why we've gotten into some of the problems we are. Uh, But. Like I said, the, uh, this world, their their ideas changes with each passing feeling that they have, and the Bible talks about the way, the truth, and the life through Jesus Christ. So, like I said, there's so much packed into here, but I want to look at the section Matthew 6, starting at verse 25. Uh, that's where I want to look at tonight. It says this, Jesus is preaching, he says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. What ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat, and the body uh, than raiment? Behold, the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Take, uh, therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take uh, thought for the things of itself, sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word tonight. We're so glad, uh, Lord, that we have it today, pure and preserved. And Lord, I pray you would use me tonight to preach. Lord, open up our ears and our hearts tonight for your word. Lord, help us to focus on you. And Lord, help it to touch our lives. And Lord, we thank you, uh, Lord, that you've brought us in tonight and that you're going to help us. In Jesus' name we pray. And amen. 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 So he, uh, Three different times I noticed in this section, he t- he says, take no thought. And when he, you know, it's a, a kind of a different way of saying, don't think about this. That's what he's saying. Take no thought. And he mentions one thing twice there uh, in verses 25 and 31, take no thought. For what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink, and and, and the clothing that you wear, uh, that is both in twenty-five and thirty-one, and then down in thirty-four, take therefore no thought. For the morrow, and I thought about those things. He, uh, at first, at verses twenty-five and thirty-one, he's talking about the physical needs that we have. You know, uh, don't uh, sit and dwell about the physical needs. You know, yes, we need to eat. Yes, we need to have clothes to wear and things like that. But what he is talking about is not planning our outfit for tomorrow. What he's talking about is worry. He is talking about worrying about what you're going to eat and drink and where. And and really, I think it's a bigger. He's just giving some examples because in verse 25, he says, therefore, I say to you, take no thought for your life. And I, I don't think he's talking about every part of our life, but I think he's talking about the majority of it, the non-spiritual things, because we, we see later he's going to say, but seek ye first the kingdom of God. So I believe he's talking about, when he says, take no thought for your life, he's talking about everything else, everything else that doesn't pertain to the kingdom of God. You know, why would we invest so much time and energy uh, to worry about things uh, the Lord is saying not to do it? And hey, we're all guilty of this. We're all guilty of doing these things that he says and then especially in verse 34 when he says take therefore no thought for the morrow you know we can spend so much time worrying about what may happen tomorrow and what may not happen and usually I found in my life odds are what I was worried about never came to pass so I spent all that time worrying about something that ended up being fine anyway and, and Jesus is trying to help us here. See, sometimes, uh, you know, we, we look at things like this and we think, man, uh, this is hard. Why is he asking us to do this? You know, he has our best interest in mind. When Jesus is telling them these things, he is, he is helping us out. He is uh, getting us to live a life closer to him. And here's the, the, the fact of it all. If the more time we worry about non-spiritual things, the less time. We can take care of spiritual things because that's what happens. He, uh, the devil wants to get us in this time of worry and everything else, so that way, uh, that that way we can't focus on what God's called us to do and what He wants us to do. You know, as I was looking through it, I noticed one of the things He says. Uh, they down in verse 32. So as he's talking about it, he's giving examples like the birds. And I know, uh, you know, I, I, I've looked at this in the past and I thought, uh, you know, one way to think about it is imagine if we had to feed every bird that's in this on this earth. Imagine if, you know, we put out uh, bird feeders and everything else. But imagine if, if that was the only thing they could eat and we had to take care of feeding every single bird. That'd be a hard task. It It would be hard to take care of that. But God's saying, listen, I take care of them. And if I take care of the bird that doesn't have a soul, that wasn't made in the image of God, that I I, I created one day, uh, speaking it into existence. Imagine what I would do for the man that I I made out of the clay, that I breathed life into, that he became a living soul, uh, that's made in the image of God. We're so much more important than the birds. Now I'll tell you what, this world doesn't believe that and they they think the animals are above us but God plainly says we are above the animals and he says if I'm taking care of them I'll take care of you too because as hard as it would be for us to feed every single bird it's as easy for God to feed every single one of us right but I noticed something there in verse 32 he said for after all these things do the Gentiles seek for your heavenly Father knoweth that ye hath need of all these things. So one of the things, uh, if we go back to thinking about where we're at right now, this again the Sermon on the Mount. So Jesus at the beginning of chapter 5 says that he was teaching from a mountain and he's mainly teaching his disciples because really they're the ones that are sitting around him and he's speaking directly to the disciples but he's outside and he's on a hill so anyone can hear him. Anyone can hear what he's saying. And the place where he was preaching from, just west of Capernaum. Remember, Capernaum was his home base area where he did most of his miracles and his teaching. But one of the things I found out was just about 500 feet down the hill from where he's preaching is what they call the the Via Maris. It's this road that connected a trading road that connected Damascus up in Syria all the way down to Egypt. It cuts right through the middle of Israel, and it connects basically Asia to Africa. So at that time, anything that traveled one way or another, they couldn't put stuff on a plane. They couldn't do things by, by ship and stuff like that. But that trading route was the main way to get stuff back and forth. And you think about that. Do you think it was an accident that Jesus set up his ministry and put most of the miracles, most of the teaching, most of everything right there in the middle of a trading route that, that connected the, the east and the uh, uh, from, from Africa and everything in between? No. No, because what happened? Remember uh, the words about Jesus, his teachings, his miracles. It spread throughout the world. Why? Because those traitors, they would come through They, as they're dealing, as they're getting rid of things or as they're just passing through. They would hear stories. Maybe they would see Jesus. Maybe they would hear him or they would hear one of the many people affected by him. It wasn't it wasn't by accident. And I don't believe that day as he's preaching the Sermon on the Mount. I don't believe it's an accident. He's so close to that. Trading route, that VMR is right down the hill. And you imagine all these caravans carrying different things uh, that are going back and forth on the trading route. Uh, you think about everything that was carried, uh, much like our highways. Yeah. They just weren't going 75, 80 miles an hour uh, that they go today. But so all the traders that are going by, and I imagine, even though this is just a, sor- a short sermon, I bet there were some that stopped. Yeah. I bet some stopped and listened for a little while. Or at least during the slow journey with the camels or whatever they had uh, to carry the things, they heard parts of it as they're going by. Yeah. Just like you were saying the nursing home. I love that we're in the very middle in that main hallway that connects the two halves of the nursing home. So that way as we're preaching and singing and everything else, maybe somebody hears something just for a, just for a, a half a minute as they're walking by. But you know, God can use that. Just like I believe God could use it in that day Uh, he could tell them uh, uh, he could give them truth and everything else but you know what else I was thinking as this road is cutting through I'm thinking he's got the disciples and again he's mainly teaching and preaching to them and I believe as he's talking about this section where he's saying hey uh, take no thought for what you'll eat and, and what you'll wear and things like that Jesus could have motioned down to that road couldn't he? He could have said, uh, see that road right there? Take no thought for what you'll eat or drink or wear. What's being carried on that road? Yeah. Right? Food? Food? Right from one place, spices and everything else from one place to the other. Foods coming back and forth. Uh, uh, Drinks are going back and forth, you know. Uh, And and what else? Clothing is going back and forth. I bet that was the bulk of what was being traded back and forth. And he's saying, take no thought. By the time he gets down to verse 32, he could just wave his hands. uh, For these things do the Gentiles seek. Right? That's what they're worried about. And you could stop and think about it. Put yourself in one of those caravans, one of those people, the traders that are taking things uh, for long distances. What are they worried about? They're worried about, I've got all of this expensive stuff with me. I could get robbed, right, along the way. I could I could get robbed and they could take everything. Or if I have food or something that could spoil, maybe it goes bad before I can get it to where it needs to go. They could be worried about that. Or they can be worried about, hey, I get there and nobody wants to buy it, right? That's a problem too. Or they don't want to pay what I want them to pay, right? So I can make money uh, to make a profit. And then I think about it. When they get to where they're going. See, these are the traders that would take it one way or another. They get to where they're going, then there's uh, sellers in a marketplace, right? They're buying that stuff, and then they have to turn around and sell it. And they're worried about some of the same things. Uh, am I going to get stolen from And You know, is are people going to uh, buy what I have? Am I going to be left with too much inventory? You know, and all those different things. Is somebody going to try to pass a counterfeit coin or something like that? So you think about all the worries that were involved in that trading that was going on just of merchandise and food and everything else. And then I stopped and thought about this. 2,000 years later, we're at today... We're worried about some of the exact same things, yeah. aren't we? Yeah. Aren't we? It's not much different. If you turn on the news, what is this world worried about right now? What are they worried about? Supply chain issues, right? We can't get stuff from one way to the other. What are they worried about? Getting stuff, getting yeah. food, uh, getting clothing, getting all these things from one way to the one place to the other. What else are they worried about? Inflation, right? Uh, it's getting too expensive. They're worried about uh, the same thing. The stores. Maybe we'll get inventory. And it won't sell. Maybe we we'll, won't we'll get enough inventory. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, the raising interest rates will hurt us when we try to borrow things and everything else. You know, the Lord reminded me of something. You know, one of the things is that maybe formula shortage, right? Yeah. That's been going on for quite a while. And I, I'll be honest with you. We've been worried about it for quite a while. We were worried. We're getting to where we had a we had a big stockpile of it. Now it's getting down to almost nothing left. But then I remembered something. Uh, the Lord brought this back to my memory. Why are we worried about it right now? Because we've been transitioning them to milk. We've been slowly, and probably by the time we finish that transition, we'll use the rest of the formula, and God will have given us exactly what we needed. And then I stopped and thought about that. Isn't that what God does every time? Every time he gives us right what we need. And that's what he's saying. Take no thought for what you're going to eat, or what you're going to drink, or the clothes you're going to wear. He's saying, I will take care of those things. All of those worries, and God's gave us what we need. Jesus said the Gentiles worry about their physical needs being met. And we, we should ask ourselves today, they're worrying about it. And really, when he said Gentiles then, he meant those that didn't know the Lord. Uh, because really, salvation was of the Jews at that point. Uh, but why would a Christian today worry about it? Psalm 37:23 says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delighteth in his way though he fall he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. I have been young, and now I'm old, yeah. yet have I not yeah. seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. And I'll tell you tonight, I- I'm probably not as old as David was when he penned down this psalm, uh, when the Holy Spirit uh, inspired him to write it, but I can say the same thing. I have not seen the righteous forsaken, I haven't seen myself forsaken, I haven't seen any of us forsaken, I haven't seen us going hungry or anything else, I've never went without when it came to our needs, right? Maybe we aren't worried about the next meal, but what are we worried about? Our car, our house, these are physical things too, right? Our finances, but again, we have to stop and ask ourselves when we worry hasn't God supplied every need when we trusted him to take yeah. to, to give Amen. us the supply? And if the answer is yes, then Jesus goes right back to saying, take no thought for the don't worry about it. Take no thought. Stop dwelling on it and trust God. So then what do we think about? So if we're caught in this time of worry, this cycle of worrying, uh, and, and really I heard something good the other day. Uh, this preacher said that worry is uh or, or If we worry about that, if we meditate on worry, he said, then it becomes anxiety, right? If we spend time and we, that's what happens, that's what it gets to. And I like that. I like like using the word meditate on that because it's meditating the wrong way. So what do we need to think about? Philippians 4.8 says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. And he's given us a list, right? In the Sermon on the Mount, he's saying, don't think on these things. And then here in Philippians, we've got the, here's what you need to focus on. And I'll tell you what, you start, uh, because what's he saying? Whatsoever things are true. What's the devil wants us to uh, focus on? Uh, Things that are lies and deception. Uh, Just like honest, whatsoever things are just. What's he want us to focus on? Every injustice that's going on around the world uh, where we can't fix everything. We can't fix because sin. Is still rampant in this world. Whatsoever things are pure. He wants us to think about every perverted and filthy thing, right? Whatsoever things are lovely. Again, what's he want this world to think about? They are so obsessed with hate, it's not even funny right now, right? Whatsoever things are a good report, what do they want to say on the news? Every bad thing that ever happens, right? This world is wanting the exact opposite. And instead of anything of any virtue, they want to talk about things that are vain negative. But God doesn't say that. He says you think on the good things. We start meditating on that. Godly things. Spiritual things. And it will strengthen your faith. Every single time. The Lord promised Judah something. Uh, I saw this too when I was studying it. Uh, Isaiah 48.18. He is telling Judah what would have happened. If they would have trusted the Lord. And obeyed the Lord. Isaiah 48.18. Oh that thou hadst hearkened to my commandments. Then had thy peace been as a river, and thy righteousness as the waves of the sea. He said, I would have given you, what do we sing? Peace like a river, right? Yeah. That's the verse right there. Yeah. But he is saying, if you want peace like a river, you've got to obey me. Yeah. And that includes taking care of our thought life and where our thoughts go. I'm not saying that we'll never worry, but I'm saying you've got to put the brakes on from time to time. Worry can be replaced with peace. And our fleshly uh, pursuits. That's when we get down to verse 33 again in our passage. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. And I thought about that. Remember we'll go back to the Via Maris. With all those traitors going along from one end to the other. And it doesn't mean uh, uh, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. It doesn't mean that every traitor has to give up their job. You know what it means? That means that every step they take. Instead of worrying about uh, all the problems that could happen with their goods and everything else, that trader that's trusting in the Lord uh, needs to uh, think about, instead of all the bad things and maybe being robbed around the next corner, thinking about maybe there's someone around the next corner that needs to hear about Jesus Christ, right? Maybe there's someone uh, that they're going to meet uh, at the other end that, that has a good rapport, uh, that that uh, can pray with them and everything else. Maybe they'll get to selling their things to someone else that loves Jesus too and they can have fellowship together. That's what he's saying. I want you to replace the worry with good things, virtuous things, honest things. And praiseworthy things. That's what he's telling. Hey, he's telling the merchant person that. And he's telling us the same thing. We're going to still encounter difficulties each and every day of our life. Right? We'll have trials. We'll have everything else. But we can say, just like the merchant one that trusts the Lord, God has taken care of me every step of the way. Right? He's taking care of me. But sometimes we need to follow Jesus' command. Because what's he say? Take no thought. For what you're going to eat and drink and wear. But then you get down to verse 34. And we'll close with this one. Take no thought for the morrow. For the morrow should take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. And here's the one that can hit. Here's the one that hits me pretty often. See, while you're seeking the thing. The, while you're seeking ye first the kingdom of God and his Righteousness. And then God takes care of all the physical needs. See, verse 34 is after that. He says, Take no thought, therefore, uh, take therefore no thought for the morrow. You can be thinking about spiritual things and then worry about spiritual things tomorrow. You see that? When he gets down to 34, he's talking about it all. Because I don't know about you. Have you worried about spiritual things in the future? Right? I don't know how. We're going to do this. I don't know how we're going to take care of that, right? I don't know how this mission trip is going to happen because it seems like everything's going wrong, right? I, I don't know how, uh, you know, we're going to get the church lawn mowed when things are breaking. I, I don't know how we're going to, uh, you know, expand and get the ramp fixed and everything else. Uh, you know, we've been worrying about different things, but there the Lord is reminding us, hey, just focus today. Trust me today. Don't worry, worry about tomorrow when it comes. Because, listen, I think about Enoch, right? By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. It was not found because God had translated him from before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. And that word translation just is a fancy way of saying he went from one place to another, right? Instantly, he was taken from this world and taken to heaven. And I think about that. Enoch could have been worried about what was going to happen the next day. The next week, the next month, the next year. And the Lord is saying, take no thought for that. You won't even be here. I've got you. Everything's all right. I believe the same thing can be true for the church. All the worries that we have. What have we been talking about? The Lord calling us home. Right? And then what have we sing about? When he comes in the clouds and everything else. When he comes in a white horse, guess what? We'll be behind him in white horses, praise the Lord. And then when he comes to defeat every army and every enemy on this earth, we're going to be there to watch it. We're not going to need to fight, but we're going to be there to watch it. Along with every angel in heaven, we're going to see the Lord defeat every enemy. And then we'll just start over with the Lord. I'm telling you what, I'm encouraged tonight. I know it's hard not to worry. I know it's hard not to dwell on things. But Jesus said, Again, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And I was looking at it. The only thing that he spent more time is the beginning. That Beatitudes part, that blessed is the meek and different things like that. This is the second biggest section in the Sermon on the Mount. And what's he talking about? Take no thought. Don't you worry. Just trust me. We're going to open up the altar tonight. I mean, if you or if you need us to come pray with you, either way, uh, we want to give a chance to pray to the Lord tonight as Brooke's getting a song. Uh, and here's the thing. if you, uh, The first thing to trust the Lord in is to trust Him with your soul. Trust Him with your life. You do that by uh, trading in your sinful life, your life against God as an enemy to God. You know, the Bible says all of sin and come short of the glory of God. That includes each one of us. But Jesus Christ died for our sins on the cross. He rose again on the third day. Victorious. Now we can call on His name for salvation. He will change you from the inside out. And one of the things that He changes, I love this, 1 Corinthians 2.16. For who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I tell you, I get so tired of Christians acting like we're a new creature in everything except for our mind. No, we got a new mind when we were saved. Now the Lord is saying you got to be careful with it because it can try to get back to the old ways of thinking. Well, what's He say? Stop that in its tracks and start thinking on the good things. If you know Jesus Christ, are you obeying Him? Because that's what He said. You got to trust Him and obey, and then the peace comes like a river. Yeah. I like peace. That same preacher that said meditating on worry creates anxiety said meditating on good things brings peace. I like that.